Welcome to episode number 102 of the Helping of Happiness podcast. Today we are getting a homeschool pep talk. I don't know about you, but I felt like I was having a nice spring break. You know, I was kind of like one of those visitors at the zoo, just going through the zoo, enjoying the animals, feeding the giraffes, waving at the chimpanzees, and then all of a sudden everything is halted and I'm stuck in the zoo as the zookeeper with all the animals, and it's my job to take care of everybody and keep them separated and keep them on task and hope that the animals don't eat each other or eat me alive. So I called in some reinforcements. I have some veteran homeschool moms giving us a little pep talk today, and I hope that they can lift you up as well. Hi, you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I'm your host, Hilary Hess, a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to eat and loves to travel. Mom life can be exhausting, hectic, and scary at times, so let's take this journey together. We can love, we can learn, we can laugh, we can cry, and we can become better friends while we're at it. So our first homeschooling mama that I have on today is a returning guest. We have Beth Summers. She was on with us on episode number 69 when she talked about body image and healthy mindset. And she's been homeschooling for a while now, and you can hear kind of how she does things. She was amazing. I kind of put out a little plea on Instagram for homeschool moms that give me a little pep talk. And after going back and forth with her, I just knew that I wanted her to kind of start all this off. Also... There were a lot of interruptions. You were going to see a real true glimpse into what it is like to try to podcast or work in general with kids in the house. I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing this in your own homes. And I would have edited this out, but Beth begged me to leave it in so that you could all see the real true what is happening. So I am honoring her request and I'm leaving it in. So hopefully it doesn't drive you as crazy as it was driving me. I would love for you to share with our friends listening just the little pep talk that you gave me over Instagram this week because it really just calmed me down, made me feel so much better and let go of just some of that perfection and Mm. some of that worry and everything. So I would love for you to just tell us the things that you were doing. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, so I've been, I've been part-time homeschooling for seven years now. My oldest is 14 and my youngest is almost eight. And so we've been playing this, this school at home dance for, for a while. Right. And, um, and it was interesting because as schools are shutting down across the world, basically, and there's like this new wave of homeschoolers and, and here's the difference too: choosing a homeschool versus being like forced to homeschool is very different. That's yeah, one, right. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden I've seen all these great plans, right? Beautiful color-coded schedules. And I started feeling anxious. And all of a sudden one day I was like, wait a second, Beth, why, why, <laughs> why are you feeling so anxious? I mean, you've been doing this in some way, shape or form for a while. So why, why is this bothering you now? And I realized that that level of like, almost like panic of like, Oh no, am I doing it wrong? Am I going to mess my kids up? I realized that I've had that on and off for years. So, so that's something that kind of inspired me to, to hop on Instagram. And I did like a live and I wrote a post about addressing these new homeschooler fears that even me 
who's been doing it in, again, in some way, shape or form for a while was still feeling that because these fears and concerns were popping up for me. So I kind of just wanted to address those and I'll, I'll share them here with you. Awesome. So your listeners can, can have some, <laughs> some of that benefit as well. So first of all, it's going to be okay. Like your kids are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay, period, right? It's okay to be okay. <laughs> and it's really Which I important. think we all need some reassurance right now. Everything yeah. feels super out of control. And it's hard to figure out sometimes where are those fears coming from? Are they coming from me homeschooling? Are they coming from the news all the time? Are they, you know, there's just so many different, are they coming from me feeling like a basket case because I'm stuck in my house all the time? You know, I mean, there's just so many different places that that we're all amped up, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. And so just kind of, it sounds super basic, but just that confirmation of no, it's okay. And it's okay to be okay. It's also okay to not be okay. Like you've seen this floating around. Um, everyone is new to this, right? I don't know about you, but this is my first pandemic, right? Yeah, and so, for sure. <laughs> Hopefully <it's> my last. <laughs> right, right. So it's kind of like, no, everyone doesn't know what's going on or what's happening. And so that's okay. Like that level of, of anxiety because you're not in control because things are out of control is okay. So giving yourself permission to say it's okay to be okay, or it's okay to not be okay. Like all feelings along the spectrum are valid, right? And, um, and just like a little side tangent too, because I see this a lot with moms, just not, not just in homeschooling, but you know, with a gamut of, of things is all feelings are valid and everyone's feelings are valid, right? Like I've been telling myself this repeatedly, my kids are allowed to be mad at me. My kids are allowed to be scared right now. And I'm allowed to be mad at my kids and I'm allowed to be scared right now, right? And I think as a mom, we tend to like stuff or, or hide our emotions because we want to protect our kids. But again, that's, you know, answering that question of where is this coming from? Is this is this coming from a need to control and, and why, right? And so just saying, no, this is hard. I don't know what I'm doing. No one does. And it's okay, right? And just kind of giving yourself a pat on the back and, and some permission and compassion of it's okay to not know what you're doing. And it's okay if you're doing it imperfectly. It's okay if you make mistakes. It's okay if your kids aren't behaving, you know, appropriately, whatever it might be. It's all okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and then the second thing that's been really helpful for me is to be flexible. So, so important. So, and it's easier said than done, but what this means is letting go of expectation, expectations and judgments of your kids and of yourself, your spouse, your friends, whoever, right. And giving yourself permission to have both flexibility and structure so you can, you can use those fancy color-coded schedules you found on Pinterest if you want, right? And if it's not working someday, that's okay too. Like, let it go. Right? Be flexible for you and your needs and your, the needs of your family. Um, this is similar to, you know, how you, how you treat and compare your body to other people. Like, this is you and your schooling, kind of like you, your body, your choice. This is your family, your schooling at home. So you get to choose to say, you know what? This isn't working today. Everyone's feeling overwhelmed. We're going to have a moving marathon. Awesome. Because it doesn't mean or say anything about me or my kids moving on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
having both flexibility and structure at a time like this is important. So give yourself permission and room to have a little of both. Right. Okay. I love that. Last week I felt like I was really freely, even though the school hadn't started yet, I was feeling really pressured to stay in a structure because everyone was saying, you know, be, and I do thrive on structure for the most part, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there was one day when I, we, we had all just had it. The kids had had it. I had had it. And it was like, just forget it. We're just mm -hmm. going to kick back. We're just going to clean up the kitchen and just maybe some toys downstairs. That's mm -hmm. the only chores we're going to worry about. We watched a lot of movies. I laid on the couch a ton, which is not something that I do very often. And then the next day we cleaned out everyone's closets. So it was like the perfect balance of having a super down day and then just really going at it harder than normal. And that's worked really well for us to not yeah. have every day exactly the same, but for the most part, trying to stay on a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's really important. And if you think about it, like you look at mother nature and the seasons, right? Like there's change. And so giving, again, giving yourself permission and your kids permission to change as needed. And that's that flexibility part, right? Yeah. The third thing is to drop the all or nothing thinking because it's not serving you or your kids. And that, that includes like black and white thinking, right? So, and we were just talking about this, like I must be on all the time and we have to follow this to the letter or else it's all, it all goes to pot and we're not doing anything, right? Yeah. And so there's a fine balance between being flexible and all or nothing thinking, right? But again, going back to that first thing, meet yourself where you're at, meet your kids where you're at. If that, if that means dropping everything and doing nothing one day, again, that's okay, right? Sorry, one second. No, you're fine. You guys need to go outside for just a few more minutes, okay? Just a few more minutes, please. I have no reception in the closet, so you guys gotta go out. Okay, go out for just a few more minutes. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Okay, you guys have only been outside for like 15 minutes. Go out for just a few more minutes, okay? Hey, make sure James doesn't come in here because he'll be super loud. Okay, really quick, put on your blankie, run outside for a few more minutes. Can you go tell them that in the garage, the ones that haven't come in yet? Okay, thank you. Okay, well, can you just, okay. I need to do this call, can you go out? Okay, we'll hug in just a minute, okay? They came back way too fast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, being flexible. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have a whole other conversation of what it means to work at home. And and I was telling that someone to someone, was it yesterday? Like, it's going to look different. And that's yeah. okay, right? This is your new normal. You're going to well, have like, special I, little coworkers. And that's, it. it is what it is. I right? really like that you brought that up. Because I do think everybody's home situation looks very different from each other right mm -hmm. now. Depending on how many kids you've got what your kids needs are if you're working at home if your spouse is working from home if, right. it's just there's a lot going there's on a lot going on for a lot of people and right so it's kind of an overwhelming right. time for a lot of people so anyway go it back is. to your being flexible though because i like where well, you're going there. <laughs> i think this this all or nothing mentality right is it keeps us kind of stuck in that perfectionism or analysis paralysis trap right and, um, and it just kind of feeds on itself. And so you'll find yourself doing like all the things and then none of the things, and then you're burning out and then you're, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's exhausting. 
Yeah. And it's not only exhausting for you to go through, it's exhausting to be around as well, yeah. right? Because yeah. the kids are like, what is happening? What is happening? And and I think again, this is new for everyone. And that means overwhelm is normal and natural. And how you and your family deal with that is going to look different than someone else's. And that's okay. Which brings us to the last point that I'd like to make, which is stop comparing yourself to other people. And this is really again, easier said than done, right? And I think that's probably where my anxiety was revisiting, was resurfacing, was because I was comparing myself to these new homeschool moms, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing it wrong all these seven years, right? Yes. And I realized that that comparison wasn't, it wasn't helpful. There, there's a, there's a fine line between, um, comparison and the fact that it inspires you to try something yeah. different right um you're going to compare naturally just to see like the differences but it's when you attach either you get attached to the outcome or you get attached to the meaning behind that comparison and then you get stuck on that hamster wheel um and this is it's called social comparison theory it's something i talk about in a training in a course but um but i'll just give a little brief blurb Social comparison theory is the idea that when you're no longer noticing the differences of other people, you're now making it. Hi, can you go in the backyard for just a few more minutes? Can you please take him out? We're almost done. Minutes. We're on our last topic. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Mia, you're supposed to be out there too. We'll find her. We'll find her. I'm sure we'll find her. Hallie, go out. There's so many of them. Hallie, right now. Sweetie, we have a friend on right now, and I don't want to take up any more of her time. Come on. Go, go. No, just go out barefoot. You're okay. Luki, don't push. You were pushing. I, I hope you don't edit any of this out. I hope you just, like, <laughs> play it out and be real and just be like, this is what it's like, homeschooling. This, this is, is my life like right now. This is why I'm like, Beth, save I'm Dead serious, Harry. I'm serious. Do you know how many people could listen to this and be like, oh, oh, she's just like me. I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm feeling so much better about myself because my kids are doing the same thing or maybe not even that bad. Uh, no, they're fine. You're fine. Everything's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So a social comparison theory. We're okay. So it. social comparison theory. It's when you're, you're taking that, that noticing of that, is that the right word I want to use? You're noticing the differences, right? And then you're taking it a step further and you're making it mean something about you or someone else, right? So social comparison theory includes both an upward spiral and a downward spiral or upward comparison, downward comparison. And what that means is not only comparing yourself to other people and then coming back and saying, oh, I'm horrible, I'm failing. It's also comparing yourself to other people and say, oh, look how much better I'm doing. Right, else. right, right. And, and you see this, like, for example, um, let's use like cooking shows, right? And, and with your skills as a baker. And so you could be watching, is it the, the great British Bake Off? Oh, yeah, 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 the Bake Off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you're watching that and you're like, oh my gosh, I suck, right? Or on the flip side, you watch Nailed It and you're like, ha, I'm amazing. These guys are crazy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Both of those types of comparisons is to kind of try to validate your worth and not, not in the like, Hey, it's okay. They're okay. I'm okay. It's more of a, 
oh, hey, if, if I'm better than someone else, then maybe that, that means something like, like I'm more than enough. But if you're comparing yourself on the, on the negative spectrum, right, then you're constantly like, well, I'm never enough. And both sides of the spectrum is it's going to show up in that hustling for your worth, right? That proving type energy, which will show up in your homeschooling efforts. It'll show up in your, you know, food and body relationship. It will show up in your, um, in your marriage. Like it will show up everywhere if you're constantly stuck on that comparison game, right? Because you're yeah. now you're looking outside of yourself to say, am I okay? Oh, I'm more than okay. And it's just exhausting. Right. And so stop comparing yourself to other people to other people for better or for worse, right? Get present with you and your needs, with your family, do the best that you can, knowing that that's gonna look different from day to day, mm -hmm. and then move on because it doesn't say or mean anything about you or your kids, right? I love that. So I'm gonna put this question to you. I didn't give you any, it just came to me <laughs> when you were talking. So where should we find our self-worth? We're not mm. comparison, doing the comparison trap, or even asking you where you find that. How do you get centered? Because I think that's a really important place for us to start. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and to kind of broaden this a little bit more, what's happening here in this competition, this comparison of homeschooling moms, right, is essentially comparing mom guilt, right? And so no longer, it's not just like, I mean, mothers feel guilty on the daily, right? Well, mm -hmm. at least I do. That's normal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but now it's at this time with this pandemic and everyone's online because that's how they're connecting with other people. You know, that's great. But you, you have even more opportunities to compare yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. And so you're not only like drowning in mom guilt. Now you're like drowning in mom shame, right? And so there's a difference between guilt and, and getting motivated to change something and do something differently versus shame, which is just compounding this idea of, oh, something's wrong with me. I'm a bad mom, da, 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 right? And so what's tricky here, and this is probably a longer conversation, which we, <laughs> we don't have time for because our kids are waking up, right? <laughs> um, but really what's going on here is the questioning of your worth, right? And it's, so it's not just, Hey, if I'm the best homeschooler ever, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll be okay. Right. If I, you know, if I eat perfectly, maybe I'll be okay. This is one more thing as a mom to beat yourself up over rather than one more thing as a mom to strengthen your relationship to your children. It's not an opportunity for you to say, Hey, look how good I'm doing. Look how well behaved my kids are. Look how smart they are. I must be such a good mom, right? Your, whatever your kids' decisions are, whatever your homeschool looks like, whatever your diet, like this applies to anything and everything, right? That has nothing to do with your value as a human being. That does not define your worth, period, right? And so how do you find your, your worth? Where does that come from? And so I answer that question with three questions, which is, who are you? why are you here and where are you going and you answer those questions by anchoring into your values which are what's important to me who am i what lights me up and how can i serve my family my friends and myself by remembering these to be true right and so maybe maybe you're creative 
that shows up a lot in homeschooling. Yeah, right? totally. Right. Maybe like service is a service is a big time one, especially in motherhood. Um, you know, okay, anchor back into service. Maybe I'm I'm just like throwing off values at yeah. the top of my head, right? Maybe mastery is important to you, right? And so all of those things, that's what you come back to. You zoom out of the comparison, you zoom out of of the you know, all the shoulds and you say, hold on, hold on. What's important to me? And then you bring your kids in, right? And you say, okay, kids, what's important to you? And I'm not talking about like strategies, like, oh, here's one more thing to try. Here's one more thing that we can do and fail at. It's more of, no, what, what are our values, right? And, and that's when you, when everyone can make decisions from that place, there's a lot more peace. There's a lot more confidence and, and there's a lot more flexibility, yeah. right? Because it's not about the strategies. It's not about the outcomes. It's more about here's what we're experiencing personally and collectively. Isn't that cool? And, and what can we learn from that? I, I don't know if that, that answered your question, but. That totally answered my question. I feel like that really is losing yourself into who you really are and not who mm -hmm. everybody else is. And yes. I think that that's, that's really cool. And yes even finding that maybe for our kids and helping them to find that in themselves. And that should be more of the mission than just checking off mm -hmm. this list is maybe sometimes really unrealistic. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's, you can't define your worth by a checklist. That's, that's the, that's the epitome of hustling for your worth, right? Yeah. You're not going to find it in chasing after a checklist. Um, you know, if you're a spiritual person, whatever your source may be, whether that's God, the universe, right? Higher self, depending on where you're at, um, turn to that source and ask for guidance too. If you really don't know who you are, why you're here and where you're going, then, then ask trusted family or friends, um, ask your trusted source and say, please show me, tell me, what do you mm -hmm. see that I might not see? And then sit with it, right? Um, I, I mean, just since we were talking about values, right? Just Google value list. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Yeah. And just sit and read through those words. And if it's like, oh, that's, that's who I am. Not because, not because someone else told me I was or wasn't that thing. Um, not because, you know, I should be those things. It's just, oh, that, that feels right. That feels familiar. And what would be possible if I could experience more of that? Yeah. Which of those values are speaking to you specifically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's amazing because, you know, our kids are younger, but we have this opportunity to help them anchor into those truths as well. Right. To say, who are you? Why are you here? Where are you going? You know, and, and you do all of this Again, not out of checklists, not because, you know, this is something you should do or this is the right or wrong way to do. Like, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is, is finding the truths that are going to uplift you and support you when things get hard, because that's what you can always come back to, right? And so, um, so when, you can, when you can do that for yourself, you're better equipped to help your kids do that for themselves. And you can have this as like a family conversation, a family discovery session. I don't care. <laughs> it's going to look, again, different for everyone. Yes. And that's okay. But that's going to help you and your children and your home run smoothly um, when things are going, <laughs> going to, 
well, I'll just keep it clean. When things are going crazy outside of the home, right? This is how you keep things sane inside the home. Yeah. It's not about the perfect homeschooling schedule. It's more about why are you doing that schedule in the first place? And could you experience it in another way? Yes, you always can. So staying curious, being childlike, inviting them into this process and doing it together in ways that support and uplift one another is going to feel inherently different than if you were to just, you know, stay on Pinterest for hours and, and stay stuck in that, that comparison trap. Yeah, just keep spinning and spinning and spinning. Right, right. Oh my goodness, you've given me so many good things to think about. I'm so glad. And I do love that you mentioned to sit with it because I think that we have just been in kind of constant chaos and maybe mm -hmm. haven't taken a moment to just sit and think about why and what. And yes. that I think is going to really make a huge difference for me when I have a chance to say, okay, mm -hmm. we've been spinning really fast. Maybe I do just throw a movie on for you guys for a couple hours and then I'm just going to go and sit and think about what what I'm supposed to be doing for each one of you and mm -hmm. just be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I think final thought is um, if I was to, you know, title this pep talk, I'd, I'd say homeschooling with curiosity and compassion. Right. And a friend of mine, Jess Massey says, curiosity breeds compassion, judgment breeds shame. And so anytime you notice, like I did that anxiety rising up and you're mm -hmm. like, Oh no. Yes. Get curious. And I will shift you right out of it and will help you identify those values and bring you the next best step for you and your family. Okay. I love it. Okay. I'm so, I'm just lifted. I feel so good after talking with you this <laughs> morning. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes because I know all of our time is a little bit short, but yet we have more of it. It's a weird time. I, know. I don't know. It's, it's a crazy paradox. Thank you yeah. so much. You got this. You can do it can do it. You the kids it. are finally out for a few minutes. So we got to finish. <laughs> that was a total win. <laughs> okay. Are we feeling a little better already? Let's go ahead and move on to our second guest, Hannah Stevenson with LillianThistle.com. She is also a returning guest. We've had her on twice before. We had her on, on episode number 12 and on episode number 55 she is a blogger she is an artist and a creator and she just has one of those hearts that I just love her so much she has such a warmth about her and a, just a gentleness and a calmness so I hope that you really enjoy listening to her words and then we'll go ahead and finish off with our last guest when we're done with Hannah I just think there's a lot of moms out there with a lot of uncertainty right now with homeschooling and taking on a lot more than they're normally used to. So I would love, if you don't mind, going over the things that we kind of talked about last night via Instagram voice recordings. Yeah. <laughs> You're pepping me up and I'm having a like mommy meltdown about trying to homeschool five children all of a sudden. Well, and not even like real homeschool, but online school anyway yeah yeah this is our sixth year of alternative education we did we did a private school last year so we took a, a year off of like true homeschooling um last year but so this is like our fifth year homeschooling and those first i don't know three years i i was that person i was worried that they weren't going to 
be able to survive in the world that I was, you know, if they didn't get this much math done, then they were going to not be able to succeed or, you know, whatever. I was, I had all of those fears. I'm, I came from a public school, you know, that was how I, how I learned was raised. And so um, that mindset was just, is so ingrained in me and it still is a lot of times, but um, I feel like once I figured out that key to heart-based learning, everything changed. And um, I was able to just say, to kind of say to myself, is this fear or is this connection? Like, am I doing this out of fear or am I doing this because I, I love them and I want to connect with them and I want them to, I want them to experience something that's wonderful. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes so much sense. I love that. Well, and I think our experiences, sometimes it's not always something we want to learn, but if you feel like you're coming from a place of love, it's very different than it's taskmaster. My mom's making me get on here. She's mad at me because I'm, you know, whatever, which was kind of in a way, our homeschool experience yesterday, <laughs> it's our first day of online learning. And I think part of it was just a lot of frustration that was coming from programs crashing or links not yes. working and just being kind of handed a curriculum when it wasn't anything of my choosing, just trying to go with exactly. what teachers gave me. Yes. But I feel like I tried to step back from that today. And when I started getting the pushback from the kids, I was like, I'm just going to walk out and let you figure it out. You can just email your teacher if yeah. you're not happy with this because this isn't something that I chose for you, but it's something you have yeah. to get done. So yep. it is yep. a little different than true homeschool, I guess, in that way. Well, yeah. And I think we talked about on our little Instagram back and forth last night, just how I'm, I'm kind of sad that this is the experience that a lot of people are having. Like, you know, cause I know a lot of moms who are like, I could never do it. And then now they have the opportunity to do it, but it's not, not really because mm -hmm. they have all of these, you know, checks boxes that they have to check and it's, it's more stressful than enjoyable. So yeah, I mean, I think that's great that you put it, put it so that they could let their teacher know that they were frustrated or whatever. And I think that's something else we talked about last night is to just remember, you know, if that is your situation and you're in that place that your child owns their education mm -hmm. and, um, and that you as a parent can say, Hey, this is not working for us. Um, you know, and you, you don't, you're not, I guess, I guess that comes from fear. Like, Oh, I, I have to do everything the teacher tells me to do because this is, they know more than I do. And but taking a step back and saying, actually, I know my child probably better than anybody. And I can, I can say what's working for us and I can say what's not working for us. And um, it's okay to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but I liked a lot last night. I felt like you gave me a lot of courage to speak up, to feel like, you know what, if all of this is just overwhelming and all encompassing, it gave me the courage to talk to the teacher and just let them know what is going on. I feel like totally. I was so caught in the nervous emotion. Now I want to just kind of embrace what we've got. And we've had our day of that feeling. Let's kind of just move forward. This is what we have. If it's not working, then just look at it objectively instead of emotionally and just mm -hmm. go in a different direction. Yeah. Yep. I think that's great. Yeah. It's always, it's always good to take a little bit of the emotion out of it. <laughs> yes. Cause it feels really emotional right now or especially yeah. yesterday. The first day was yeah. super emotional. 
it's really easy to feel like the teacher knows more than we do about our children's education. But I've learned to put put that in the, the right place, I guess, in the last few years, um, that they're there to facilitate, they're there to help. But I know my child, and I I have stewardship over that child. And so I'm entitled to direction for that child, and the teacher is there to help. But if it's not helpful, then I at the end of the day, it's my stewardship. And so I need to, I need to be brave enough to say, actually, that's not working for us, or, you know, that is working for us. And thank you, you know? Yeah, I love that so much. The other thing that I was asking you about yesterday was what do you do when you're trying to get one-on-one time with your kids? Cause that is a big that's always a big stress in my life. I think because I have seven kids and it's, I, I'm always having that guilt. Like I'm pulling oh so many gosh. different directions. And so oh this was just a circumstance where it just highlighted that more than any, every other day life yes. experience. Well, and I think that's where the emotion comes in too, because I totally have that same feeling. And I think for me, it, you know, we had all four of them within three years. And so it's always just been like, we started with twins and we had one a year later and then another one. Like, so it's always been, there's never been enough lap. There's never been enough, enough attention for each person. It's just impossible. It's physically yeah. impossible. But our hearts, like you and I are both the same way in this way. Our hearts are like, oh, but I want them to know how much I love them. Each and every one of, like individually, how much I love them. And I think that is what wears us down more than anything emotionally is when we feel like they're not getting that when we feel like we can't give them that and that they're not getting that from us. And, um, that is, yeah, that's really, really hard. So you feel like you're being pulled away from one when the other one needs you and you're not finished. And so you don't feel like anybody is getting very good quality attention. including myself I had to send them to go on a walk with their older brother just to brush my teeth yesterday I mean it was I mean I can't even imagine well and that's the other thing like when you're telling me about the teeth like what you know what they were each you know expected to do online I'm like you know a lot of times teachers are coming from it thinking, oh, this is for one child or maybe two children at home. They're not realizing that you have five different, different uh, learners, at, you know, not to mention your oldest that's home and your youngest that's not, quote unquote, in school. And so yeah. <laughs> there's just a whole different dynamic that's going on. Well, and trying to work from home, because my husband's been working from home. I've been doing virtual piano lessons and running this podcast. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's just everybody's doing stuff at the same time. So that's been, anyway, so let's, I'm kind of like veering off on my tangent here, but, but going back to focusing on one, Mm because I'm really good at like running off the rails here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think for us, we, we figured out, um, and this is something that, you know, it's different for everybody, but so I've got two that, that need a lot more attention at this point. They're both, uh, they both struggle with dyslexia. So they, they have an online tutor and then there's just extra stuff we have to do. So um, while they're, while I'm working with them, um, the other two are walking the dog and going and getting the mail. And it's just their time to be outside and to be happy doing that. And when they come back, they know that, you know, they know that it's their turn. 
but yeah, so just, it's kind of like a buddy system. Like they have buddies that they work with sometimes. Yes, exactly. And so like, you know, in your situation, you've, you've got some olders and then some really youngers. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out, you know, how, how, what kind of buddy system you could do, or just, I don't know, just not feeling guilty about um, letting them not do quote unquote school for, you know, for an, half an hour, an hour while you're working with another one, um, just doing things that they enjoy and uh, for that time. And then when it's their turn, they can, they can come and do that. But then another thing that, I mean, so we do the three, you know, math, reading, you know, language arts and writing are our, like our main focus every day. And then the, all the other stuff we try and do together. So, so like history is together um science is together um and that's usually you know looks like a read aloud that looks like just a fun experiment that we do every once every once in a while not every day. Right. I do really like that you really focus on those very core things that will affect everything else that they're learning if they're not really good at their reading and their math they're not going to be able to do right. their science or their social studies or all these other things that they've got so i really like that well, I like what you just said, and I think it's an important point to make, um, is that life is long and we never stop learning. And so don't be afraid if you think they're going to miss out on something. They're not. Life is long. You think about, think about how much you've learned since you decided to do a podcast. Oh, I know. It's, I feel like I was and back in school, you, right? Yeah. And how did you learn that? What did, how did you do it? YouTube, <laughs> yeah, exactly. taking tons of courses, right? Right. Yeah. And, and why? Why would you, why did you do that? Yeah. Why, why did you do that? Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to learn it so much. And I think that that's exactly. probably the most important thing we can teach our kids as moms is loving to learn. Right. And right. that knowing that we can having that courage to say, I don't need a teacher to put something in front of me to be able to want to learn something and feeling like I can. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing I've learned is just help them, like find the passion, look yeah. for the passion, and then you can, it's so easy, once they're passionate about something, it's so easy to bring in all of that other stuff. Like, I don't know, like one of my daughters, um, she's totally loves like fashion, and she draws like women in dresses and all kinds of stuff all the time okay so she's really into that so she needs to meet up with my daughter because she's obsessed <laughs> with that as well really? <laughs> yes well, I that. that's cool anyway so what we decided for her for language arts this semester she was doing a curriculum and she just she was just dragging her feet every day and I was like I was just done trying to make her do it and so we came up with a plan and what she's doing is she um, she's combining history and language arts and she's doing um, a fashion throughout the century, the century. Oh, so, century. Cool. so she started in 19, the 1900s and she drew all of like looked up and just, you know, poured over all of this stuff of the different styles in the 1900s. And then she drew a whole bunch of like a, a woman and a man and children and like what they were wearing. And then she, um, found all of these facts, different things that happened in the 1900s and wrote those down in her, in her little book. And she's making this book 
And she just, that's what she does for language arts, but she has learned so much. Oh yeah. yeah. Every night she comes and tells us crazy things. Like, did you know that they used to mail babies like through the mail? They did that in the 1920s. Like just crazy things. That's really nuts. (laughs) But it's like, it's a perfect example of like, once they get the fundamentals of reading and writing down and, and math, once they get the, just the fundamentals then you can just take off and do things that they love and they learn so much and it's fun. And our relationship's amazing. Like she comes to me and shows it to me and she's excited. And, you know, it's just so different than being assigned something. Some of the fruits, you know, we've been, I've got 12 year olds now. And when they were seven, I was like, I'm destroying them because, you know, they're not, they're not, caught up with whatever some dumb dumb social norm that says that they have to be at a certain place at a certain time um which it's different in every country you know like my parents were lived in Sweden for two years and they don't even start school until they're seven like they don't even and we're in America we're freaking out if our kids don't know how to read by the time they're five yeah yeah it is it's so different it's yeah. just it's so funny and and when you can get yourself out of that mindset you realize, okay, this is, yeah, this is so fear-based and we don't have to be afraid. We, we really, we don't have to worry as much as we do, I think about it. So. Okay. That (laughs) helps a ton though. I love, I love just, I think putting this in in these big perspectives so that we're not so honed in on the moment. Cause I think that's where all the stress and the fear comes. Yeah. And I think, you know, if this is only going to be a couple of months, you know, this, even if it goes throughout the rest of the school year, um, they're not, it's not, they're not going to be, they're not going to be ruined when it's just a couple months. Yeah. In fact, I loved what you said last night about your trip to New Orleans and how you just want to make jambalaya and you want to learn about New Orleans and do all of those. I don't even remember all this stuff you said, but Oh, I just think it'd be so fun. Let's just teach the kids about all the animals in the bayou and we'll do that for our science. And let's, you know, so I'm, I don't know. I I think the, the creative side of me is kind of, just hit butt, you know, head butting a little bit yeah. against the grain. Yeah. But it's also making me realize maybe I would really enjoy just traditional homeschool more than online school. I don't know. These are all things that I'm just going to be investigating about myself. Yeah. And of course, praying about because sometimes yeah. the timing isn't right. But yeah, exactly. It yeah. is going to be interesting. And maybe this is something that we try out a little bit in the summer to see whether we want to go for it. And I also think it really depends on the kid. I think some of my kids totally really thrive in public school and it really is best for them. But yeah, I I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I've got one that's, um, she, I think she, she would do really well and she probably will go to high school, um, in the public school setting. She loved the private school setting. Um, but she's she is home this year and she's doing really well this year she's but we have we've changed a few things for her um because that's just she loves learning that way i think something um i looked this up before this phone call i don't know if you've heard of the theory of multiple intelligences by howard gardner have you heard no, of that oh teach me the, the eight intelligences well i learned about it at a homeschool conference uh last summer. Anyway, he, um, 
he just proposed, I'm gonna just read a little bit of this to you. Okay, so he proposed that there are eight different kinds of intelligences. And um, so there's the mus musical rhythmic intelligence. So that's somebody who, probably like you, who um, music comes pretty easily to. Um, you, can, you can find the tune. Um, it's easy for you to sit down and just play and you get the rhythm pretty easily. So that's the musical rhythmic. So people who are in that uh, category are musicians, piano teachers. Um, I have a brother who um, is, you know, that's what he does for a living. He writes music for movies. So something like that. Then there's the visual spatial intelligence. So that's somebody, um, my daughter who's very dyslexic, definitely has the visual spatial intelligence. So she can see things in 3D, like she just, she it's crazy she's just amazing um you know people like engineers um architects uh, artists this is something that comes very natural naturally to them then there's the logical mathematical intelligence and that's obvious that's um mathematicians that's engineers that's computer uh programmers that kind of a that kind of a brain and then there's the verbal linguistic um, that's somebody who is like a writer, somebody who is really good at expressing things through language. They're really, they pick up languages easily. Um, so yes, that's that one. And then there's the bodily kinesthetic intelligence. So that's like your athletes, um, people who just naturally can just figure out how to do things with their bodies. That is not me. Sometimes those people are, are called dumb jocks, you know, because they might not be very smart verbal, verbally, linguistically, or maybe they're not very smart mathematically, but they're really good at, you know, throwing a football and really good at sports. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the interpersonal. So that is definitely um, you. You're, that is definitely one of your intelligences where you're really good at talking to people. You're really good at helping people. Um, talk to you and feel comfortable. Um, so that's that's an intelligence. That's one of them. And then there's intrapersonal, and that's somebody who's really good at understanding themselves and um, really good at like self-reflection and who just is very introspective, like a writer, um, a philosopher. And then the last one is the naturalistic, um, and that's somebody who loves animals, understands animals, um, some like understands the natural world, has a passion for the natural world. And that's, that's the last one. So they, they said in the conference, and the more you read his, his uh, whole theory, is that we all have two or three of those intelligences that we are strong in, um, that we have strengths in, strengths in. But the point that they made is that in most public school situations, the only intelligences that are praised and that are important are really like two of those. So it's the verbal and the linguistic. Like if you, if you can mm -hmm. remember vocabulary words, if you can read well, if you can write well, and then there's the logical mathematical. And so um, as somebody who is not really great at either one of those. Like I've gotten better at the verbal 
linguistic one as I've gotten older, but as a child, I wasn't strong in either one of those. And I remember um, in for, fourth grade, this is just a, kind of one of those crazy memories that I have, but I remember them over the intercom calling um, the gifted and talented students to come to a certain room. And I remember looking around and kids stood up and left. And I thought to myself, just very, it wasn't emotional at all. It was just kind of like, oh, I guess I'm not gifted or talented. It was just like, okay, I guess I'm not gifted or talented. And so I, I've always remembered that like as an adult. And then when my kids started going to school, I remembered that. And I thought, I don't want them to ever feel like they're not gifted or talented. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we all are so gifted and talented in different ways. And to remember that when we are helping our children to learn and when we are looking at education as a whole, that those things are important, but they are not, it's not everything. Somehow I have survived in this world without having uh, calculus under my belt, <laughs> without having, I mean, even algebra, like <laughs> I only got to a certain point and then I was like, and I'm not saying that it's not important because it's totally important, but that's not where my strengths are. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Somehow I have done just fine without that. So I think just remembering that, just remembering that our kids and understanding what their gifts are and understanding what their intelligences are and helping them to learn what they need to um, that way. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes so much sense. No, I love that focus actually, because you know, as a mom of any amount of kids, when you have more than one, you can see that their strengths are so different. Their personalities are totally different. And as you're listing these different intelligences, I'm just thinking of each different kids that I have. I think of those eight, I probably have seven different intelligences that live in my family, right? Yes. But, you know, and I can peg myself in a couple of them for sure. And I can see you in the naturalistic and in those, you know, the visual spatial. And I mean, you just have so many really strong gifts that I just try not to covet. That you have <laughs> but I think, but I think that that's why we need each other, right? Is that yeah. these, these gifts are need to be appreciated on so many different levels. Right. And I think that's really kind of the cool thing that you're talking about through the homeschool is that you can focus so much more on all these different areas and not necessarily just those couple of areas that are important in the school districts. Yeah. And I, I think just, you know, even for all of those that are listening right now that, you know, that maybe are, are pretty sure they're not going to homeschool, but just for these next, you know, this next month or two, just figuring out what those strengths are and just, you know, enjoying that part just just like relishing in who your child is just relishing in the fact that they are more you know interpersonal or maybe they're more naturalistic and so then just saying wow that's who you are that's really cool and just enjoying enjoying that and not and saying, enjoying oh. the time that you have to dabble in it because normally there's so many other things going on maybe you don't even have a chance to explore those different areas exactly and I think it's so easy for us to be like, why don't you just no, do math? Like, just do your math, you know? But then remembering that, okay, it's okay. Like, 
yes, we need to get through this and they need to learn to, you know, do what they're, what they're asked to do. You know, there's all of that. Like there's all these different things that are happening when they're doing that, but also just remembering like, okay, this isn't their strength. So let's just help them get through this and help them get what they need to out of it. But then remember that the world is not going to end if they, you know, if they're not amazing mathematicians. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Well, and how boring would this world be if we were all exactly the same? So I really, I love that we're kind of praising those differences. I think that's really cool. I just want to make it really clear that I'm not saying that their teachers aren't doing that. And I'm not saying that, right. you know, public school isn't doing that. Cause I think that I really think there's amazing teachers that are trying to do that, that are looking at all the learning differences and doing their best in the classroom full of 25 to 30 children, you know, trying to do that. Um, but it's just as a parent, it's just so much easier for us because we really know them and we love them more than anybody. And so it gives you that opportunity to, to have more of that one-on-one -on -one time and just time. Like you said, we just have time. Which is kind of the gift of all of this lockdown, I guess, is that we are given some time that we don't normally have. Yeah. And I just need to have a better attitude about having it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a and spending it in the best ways. So I really love that we talked about these because this really gave me just a really positive way to start looking at my kids. Was there anything else that you were thinking of that would be great to share with these other mamas? Love. I think one more thing, I guess, is to just apologize when you mess up. Which I do all the time. Yeah, I think that's the best thing. I really do. I, I still have memories of my dad apologizing to me one time. Um, I mean, he, he apologized to me probably more than once, but just how much that meant to me that he, he acknowledged that he had made a mistake and then I got to watch him try harder to do better. And that's something that they are going to get to see you do a lot. And um, I think that's a huge, a huge benefit to, to being together is that they see, see the real you and they see you trying and then sometimes failing and then trying again and again and again. And that is huge. It's like the, like the best example, right? That this is, yeah. Not something that is just something that happens when you're a kid. It's a lifelong pursuit yeah. trying to improve. Well, thank you so much. This was just great. I needed this little pep talk. It's getting me excited for this phase instead of just dreading it, which is what I've been needing. So I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you getting to me so quickly last night when I was just down in the dumps yesterday. It was like, oh, thank you for this pep talk. Because... Man, it just felt like a lot, you know, to try yeah. to figure all of it out. So I love your ideas of the buddy system and looking at them so uniquely. I think that's going to really kind of change our outlook over here. I called you really fast because I, I don't know. I just really, really understand. And I don't know. I, for me, it, those first few years were just so lonely because I was doing all of this, but it wasn't like socially it was lonely and yeah. I, I couldn't talk to my mom friends about it because they weren't doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're, it's kind of right now for me, it's kind of like, Oh, this is so fun that everybody's doing it. Like we all have our kids home and we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just, I mean, we all lonely in a different way that we can't do it together. We're all just, yeah. 
in a boat by herself. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I wish I could come over and have you nature journal with my kids and I'll, you know, have them come over and cook with me. You know, all of that would be, I mean, not that we can easily do that from well, Texas to Idaho, yeah, but wouldn't that be so cool? That's what we do. I mean, that's what I do. I mean, that's the, the beauty of it is I've got a group of about four moms that are between all of us, we know like eight different languages and um, all have different things that we are passionate about. And so we get to share that and we just take turns. And, you know, one of them does history. Another one does. Anyway, we do lots of different things. And um, that's the beauty of it is that it's like, wow, we get to share that with, with other people's children. But we also get to know other moms and, and share those passions with each other. Anyway, it's cool. That is really cool. Well, maybe we'll just have to be doing that a little more virtually then. Yeah. Yeah. Which I kind of am because my kids are taking your art course right now. Well, I am my kids are. So I guess let's put a little plug in for that too. You've got your Simply Florals course. Is that still open or is that, did you close it? It's, it's, it's closed, but we are doing three free um, online class things for the next three weeks. So this week is all about nature journaling um, and it's all on Instagram. So just, you can go there and watch stories or Instagram TV and it's just free how to nature journal. And then next week is a preview of the nature's art club, awesome. which is a really fun club that we have. And then the next week is really exciting. Um, we're doing a paper doll camp online paper doll camp. Oh, fun. So we're going to learn how to, um, make outfits for paper dolls and we're going to learn about figure drawing and face drawing it's going to be really fun. Okay. This is perfect timing because we actually have time to do all these things. This is going to be great. Good. Molly's going to be in heaven. She's already loving all the watercolor. She asks me every night, can we watercolor in the morning? I'm like, as soon as you have your chores done, you can do <laughs> <take> your watercolor. <laughs> so Good. it's been a great motivator over here. And I actually really have been enjoying learning the techniques as well. So it's fun that we have something that we can do together. Well, I guess I'm going to have to say goodbye because okay. now Mickey Mouse is on and there's nowhere to go. So <laughs> <laughs> There's nowhere to go. <laughs> there's nowhere to go. My solitude has been taken away because the Wi-Fi is being used by everyone in the house at the same time. <laughs> well, hang in there. You're doing amazing. You're just so amazing. I hope you realize that. Oh, you're Seriously. so sweet. I know this podcast is getting a little bit long, but I just felt such an urgency to get this information out to you right now as we're all just struggling right here in the beginning so that we don't have to be continually struggling and then hear the thing that maybe would be the exact thing that we need to hear a week or two from now. That's why I didn't cut this up into other episodes. I really wanted this all for you right now while it's super relevant. And I hope this has been very helpful. Our third guest is Shannon McGuire, mother of six in Utah. I was introduced to her through my aunt and I'm just really enjoyed seeing what she and her family do as they're learning in their home. Um, if you have been enjoying this podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and give us a rating and a review. That would help us out so much to be able to be noticed more by Apple Podcasts and push us up in the rankings so we can be more available to more people. 
Also, if this has been helpful to you and you know a friend that has really been struggling with this as well, please share this with your friends. Spread this love and this encouragement. Let's just band together as mamas and go strong and help each other and love each other through this. So without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and listen to Shannon. Hey, Shannon. Welcome to the Helping of Happiness podcast. Hi, Hillary. It's so great to be here. Mind telling our friends about you and your family a little bit? Sure. Um, So my husband and I live in Utah, a little bit north of Salt Lake City, and we have six children. The oldest is 10. He'll be 11 in a few weeks. And then my youngest is almost six months. And so technically, um, we only have three of them in school, in school proper. Um, So we have Um, My 10-year-old is in fifth grade, and then my nine-year-old daughter is in third grade, and then I have a kindergartner. Three extra ones running around. That's the tricky part, is that you (laughs) you have the the other three that are chasing around when you're trying to get something done with the older kids, right? Right, yeah. That's, um, it's kind of all part of the, the family life. So how long have you been homeschooling? I actually started when my oldest was five, and it started because we were originally in Utah, supposedly just temporarily. My husband had a fellowship at the University of Utah, and typically, um, I guess you don't usually get a job in the same place where you have a fellowship, so I thought it might be nice not to do um, one school and then move and and put my child into a totally different school, and besides kindergarten here isn't compulsory and so as as we were coming up on kindergarten I was like well we can just do that at home and then see Um, but honestly um, what really nailed it for me was we had neighbors a few doors up um, whose kids were a little older than my oldest and I saw them coming home from kindergarten with like an hour and a half of homework and I was appalled. <laughs> it was like, and this was a good school district that we were in. It was kind of one of the, the nicer, the coveted areas or whatever. And I said to my husband, I just have a problem with homework in kindergarten. Like, I don't think you should have really any work. Especially an hour and know? a half. I mean, I could right. see maybe reading at night or something, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Make sure you read out loud or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, um, And I think that just philosophically, I was like, all right, well, we're definitely doing kindergarten at home and then we'll see after that. And since then, we've just kind of taken it year by year. And as we've made our routines and sort of gotten into the groove of things, it's just kind of become part of our family culture that it would, um, it would kind of be a big disruption to our lives at this point if we decided to do any sort of traditional schooling in a brick and mortar. So, what do you do with your little ones when your big ones are doing school? That's, that's like one of the biggest struggles over here. I mean, luckily I have enough because I've got just one more than you, I guess. So I have the seven kids. Mine are a lot older. I still have the little ones that are kind of chasing around and they just have to have something to do. <laughs> right. That maybe isn't too loud or obnoxious, right? Right. Yeah. So, so um, I'm kind of lucky, I think, in that my four-year-old is um, my late sleeper. So there are several times 
throughout the week where he will sleep until 10:30 in the morning and most of the stuff that I need to do one-on-one, -on -one, especially with the kindergartner, has been done. Like, oh, amazing. It. Yeah. Um, so there's him, and then there's my two-year-old who um, who really just gets entertained by whoever's not doing work with me at the time. And then there's the baby who I kind of just carry around and set down here and there. Um, so I guess it's just sort of catch-as-catch-can. Um, I feel like there's always somebody saying mommy, but that's, that's part that's, of the course, whether or not you're homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a while, my four-year-old decided that he wanted to do schooling too. And so I kept printing off these worksheets for him, you know, like circle the um, group of balls that is three and, you know, whatever the, the little preschool activities were. Um, but in the interest of saving ink, I decided I was going to find something else. So I actually bought a couple of workbooks that are dry erase marker workbooks. Mm -hmm. So you can fill them out. And I then, love those. And then, yeah, so he, that was his school for a while. And then he decided it really wasn't that cool to be in school. So <laughs> he realized it was a little more work and not quite as yeah. much fun. He got over it after he'd done the workbooks a few times. It's like, okay, I, I've done, I've done that. I think we're done. So, what's your favorite thing about homeschooling? What do you like? What's your favorite part of your homeschool day, or your, or about the whole thing? Um, well, I have to say, I like the fle flexibility. I think that's one of the best parts. Um, we do sort of child-led learning, um, so. I have sort of a, a plan in place, um, but we're free to deviate it, deviate from the plan um, as needed. So for example, um, my oldest, technically he's doing ancient history for his history this year, um, but the last couple of weeks he's gotten really interested in the Spanish flu pandemic. And um, we've been talking more about that. And, and as we're watching different information videos on the coronavirus so they'll, they'll ask a question about something that they've seen on there and so we'll do research on that and that I count as you know our science time or our history lesson oh, or totally. you know, whatever um, so I like that we don't we're not um, we're not beholden to a curriculum it's sort of our curriculum is kind of set but we can we can visit places along the way there are so many um, other homeschooling moms that they offer a class here or they um, offer an activity there and and people with just a lot of different expertise that will get a group together and and you pay a little fee and and they'll teach your kid how to um, grow plants from seed for example or last year my son actually went to a once a week history lesson for three hours every Tuesday morning and and that was great they did you know all sorts of activities that made it meaningful for him and I didn't have to be the only one that he was answering to oh yeah learning things so That's I'm kind of the director the director of their education is <laughs> not always the teacher I like um, I like that role a lot better than being the teacher I'm more of the enforcer in, in our right. role than but I love the idea of being the director right there's a two a term called strewing that's mm -hmm. pretty popular in, in sort of that unschooling mindset where um, you leave things out, like you leave books out that they can 
uh, sort of come upon and discover and pique their interest and lead them to asking more questions about different subjects. Or if you notice that they, um, they're suddenly interested in, um, say, the, the pandemic or the Spanish flu of 1919, then um, kind of finding some resources and having those available to them or, um, you know, looking up some YouTube videos and inviting them to watch them with you and things like that. Well, and what a perfect time to spend learning about the Spanish flu when that feels so connective and relevant to them of what's going on in the world right now. We're studying the Spanish flu a month ago, probably would have had much less connection, right. don't you think? Right, exactly. Well, it's funny, even the um, last year, they both, um, in their own ways, um, touched on the Great Depression. My, my daughter was reading some American girl books in her book club. I can't remember which American girl it was, but it was during the Great Depression. Kit. Anyway, and my son was actually um, going through um, sort of the history of the, the Great Depression that whole time and, and what that meant and things like that. So this year when this was all happening, they're like, are we having a depression? And what's the difference between a depression and a recession? And we're historical figures and we should keep a journal and, and all these things. So, um, so even things like that where they can relate back to, to what they've learned. And that's not necessarily special to homeschooling, but, um, but it's just kind of fun to see that even though we sort of have this very relaxed approach to learning it's edifying to see them making those connections and maybe they are learning something and <laughs> I think they are <laughs> I love that so what would you say to any of those homeschool moms out there or I guess online learning moms whatever you're calling yourself in the midst of all of this who are either just having a hard time or you just want to kind of give them a pep talk what would you say well first of all I think this is such a different animal and and I don't know how I would deal with it because I mean, this is legitimately hard. Like homeschooling, if you choose to homeschool, is so different from having to sort of conform your day to what a school day would be like in a school building. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> um, and so don't, don't expect too much because it's not, this is so artificial. Kids, they, they learn just by living, to be honest. And if you can get um, math and reading in too, then that's great. But I think that their minds are so naturally given to curiosity and discovery. And, and they're so, they're such little sponges that they're learning all the time. And, and so not to worry, like you said, there are six to eight weeks left of the school year. How much how much are they really going to get behind if they do nothing but maybe a, a couple of pages of math every day, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I would say don't stress out too much because this whole situation is stressful enough and it's so contrived and it's so not what homeschooling is supposed to be, you know? Um, so don't hold yourself to a standard that, um, that really is kind of impossible at this point. Um, especially given the fact that we don't have the library, like all our libraries are closed. We can't put things on hold and go over there. Like there's just really not a lot of support. We're going it alone in our houses. And my goodness, thank God for the internet. There are at least some resources, but even then, um, like you were mentioning, 
before with the internet slowing down and everybody's online and everybody's trying to get their time in with their teachers and um, yeah, it's just a high stress time. So, so don't expect too much of, of your kids, but also of yourself. Like it's not your fault. This is not anybody's, <laughs> this is not anybody's fault. And these poor teachers trying to keep up with the schedule. I know. I feel so bad for them. Their inbox must just be full all the time of all these people with errors on bad links and questions on things. And, oh, and then they have their own kids they're trying to teach at home. It's oh, got to be so true. Bad. True. Oh, this is not normal. So don't expect perfection. This has been so nice for me to just hear what you do and I just love hearing how different moms do it and different philosophies. And I just think it's so neat to have a glimpse into your life and how you teach your children. I just think it's so wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? I think this is a great time um, to kind of solidify that family culture that might've gotten lost in the busyness. I mean, even with my husband, he's not here most of the day usually. And so having him, sort of become a part of it and, um, and, and kind of solidifying where we are and, and where we want to be going and sort of what our family goals are. This is a great opportunity for that. So if nothing else, I think this is a great time to take advantage and, um, and come together and, and do that. Thank you for sticking with us all the way through the end. You're amazing. You're going to be amazing. We've got this homeschool online learning thing. It's all going to be awesome. And I just appreciate you so much. And I'm so, so grateful that you listened with us today and hope that you'll continue to be part of our community. Have a great week.